Welcome to Health Matters at Sargent College. The mission of Sargent College is to advance, preserve, disseminate, and apply knowledge in the health and rehabilitation sciences. BU's Sargent College strives to create an environment that fosters critical and innovative thinking to best serve the healthcare needs of society. Each episode of Health Matters at Sargent College will include faculty, students, or alumni who will share their knowledge with you. I'm Karen Jacobs, the Associate Dean of Digital Learning and Innovation at Sargent College, and I'll be your moderator for each episode. Welcome to this episode of Health Matters at Sargent College. Um, I'm delighted to have you joining us today. We have a very special guest. Chelsea is um, affiliated with Boston University and specifically with Sargent College and the Center for Psych Rehab. And I'm gonna ask Chelsea to give us some more background about herself before we get into some of the questions about the things that she's doing. So. Chelsea, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I work, um, like you said, out of the Center for Psychiatric Rehabilitation. And then more specifically, I work in their college mental health programs as an instructor, coach, and supervisor, um, an instructor in the Nateo program, which is a program that works with students who are on a medical leave um, for a mental health reason. And we work for a semester long and building wellness and academic skills. And we also coach with these students. So college coaching is something we do in the Nateo program, but we can also do it outside of the Nateo program. And coaching is really one-on-one and building individual skill set around any kind of academic needs, but also any wellness-based needs. So whether that be trying to figure out how to get your driving test um, or trying to figure out how to, you know, deal with maybe potential new roommates or maybe old roommates. Maybe it was your parents that you're moving back into during COVID um, and kind of figuring out your new environment, um, any kind of wellness planning. So that's what coaching looks like. And then I also mentor the peer, um, I said mentor, but they are peer mentor interns and I supervise them. So that's really interesting. Um, um, Mentoring is so very, very important. And it's something that um, personally in my own professional uh, career is something that that I've been investigating with other colleagues. So you have, um, you said you mentor or supervise the peer mentor interns. Um, What role do these peer mentor interns um, have? And how did that come about? You know, tell us more about it because it's so interesting. Yeah, it's actually one of my favorite sort of positions that I hold. Um, so the peer mentor interns are actually graduates of the Nateo program. So they've gone through the program and have come back to us um, in sort of different routes, um, whether it be that, you know, they 
decided to take one or two classes and wanted uh, an internship, or maybe they're just not fully ready to go back to school completely. Um, they find a way back to us. And it really started out as just sort of, as most programs do, we found a gap in programming. And we realized that while we had this intensive academic and wellness, really, uh, 15 week course led um, with instructors, what we were missing was that social aspect, which so many students really found to be the sort of secret sauce in the programming, sort of that connection with peers. And we kept thinking, well, how do we hone this? How do we make this something that we can kind of cultivate? And that's really what the peer mentor's role is. It came out of sort of seeing an a gap in programming and saying, let's hire back. These people have gone through the program and have peer led activities that they can then take the students on um, when we were allowed to do activities in person. And now um, they do both in-person activities um, with reduced numbers but also online activities. And they've really built out a really robust um, sort of menu of activities based on what we've heard from students that they're interested in. So we have things like a documentary club or arts and community, or we have a creative writing club. Um, and it's really built around what the students' feedback on programming was. And it's student-based and student-led. I love that. I was going to ask you for some examples of, of what's going on. So what you were describing, um, are those all virtual um, activities that they're doing? And when students were on campus and working with um, their peer mentor interns, what were some of the, you know, sort of face-to-face -face, um, activities that were, they were doing? Yeah, so right now we have um, we have about three in-person activities um, that are reduced numbers, obviously, um, due to you know following CDC guidelines. Um, but previously, what we used to do was um, fitness arts and community. And then we would do something called My Boston, which was really going out and sort of exploring the city and going to museums or um, going ice skating, doing things around the city to get out um, and be social and do things that young adults like to do. Um, in terms of the rest of the activities now, those are all online and offered via Zoom. Well, you know, it sounds like um, you were able to creatively pivot so that you were still able to provide these really important activities for the students to do with the peer mentor interns um, online. Um, I, I love the idea of the My Boston. Sounds great in the fitness and arts and the community. All of those um, broad areas sound like they must have been so interesting and and again it sounds like you're able to provide many of them virtually and then again will be in person in the future so you mentioned something about 
um, the students benefiting from the peer mentor in interns. And I love that you shared something like that seemed to be, you know, um, the, the right ingredient. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? You know, the right ingredient, I think you said was maybe socializing. Yeah. So I think, you know, I'd love to tell you that it's my teaching that brings students back every day, but <laughs> I just think that's not true, unfortunately. Um, it's really the students being able to find connections with other students. And I think we see that more and more, that building of community, uh, especially right now. And I think any time that a student can find in another student um, what they're going through. So especially in the programs that we run where you know a student has gone through something pretty difficult um, and had to leave college as a result. And they can look to a peer mentor intern and see that not only has the student gone through something similar to them, even if it didn't look similar at all at the time, but that they took a break from college and that they attended Nateo and that they're now on the other side of that program too. Um, that really, that connection is really special. And it's a way to sort of say, not only can I get through this, but there's sort of light at the end of the tunnel. And that can be really empowering to the student. No, it sounds it sounds fabulous. And so I want to actually ask, what do you think um, the benefit is to the peer um, mentor interns? And are those paid positions? They are paid positions. Yeah. Um, and we and we really sort of pride ourselves on making them paid positions because they are such valuable positions. Um, and at the same time, I think the peer mentor interns gain a lot of those sort of both soft and hard employment skills that oftentimes can be sharp learning curves uh, for young adults. And luckily they get to, or I, I hope they feel this way, I think they feel this way, they get to do it in a really supported environment. They get to have some tough conversations about, you know, what happens when you don't communicate um, effectively with a, with a supervisor or effectively with a team and what that would look like, you know, both what it looks like in this role and what it might look like if, you know, somebody wasn't there to have this um, kind of conversation about next steps with you. Uh, we do a lot of training around job preparedness and ready and being ready to sort of transition into not only this role but future roles and we try to create for the students that are transitioning to peer mentors and then out of the peer mentor role um, ways in which we can support them in their future goals so if a student's really interested in you know, continuing in the mental health field, what that might look like and how we can put them in specific classes that might accommodate that. And if they're not interested in continuing the mental health roles, you know, what are they interested in and how can we support them in facilitating those skills? Thank you so much. Well, I wanna 
sort of change topics a little bit and talk about healthy relationships. Why is it so important to have a class on healthy relationships? Yeah, um, I appreciate you asking this. I think it's one of those classes that, again, something I really enjoy about my role at the center is anytime we're sort of hearing things from the students, um, we're able to adapt programming to meet their needs. And again, this was something we were hearing from students and they were saying to us, look, we think it's really important that we know how to write a paper. We think it's really important that we know how to produce a resume, but we also really need to learn how to have just human interactions. And we said, you're right. You know, that is kind of the bread and butter of how the world sort of churns. And, um, and so we came back to them with let's pilot this program, or excuse me, this class, and we did so over the summer, and we just had such a positive response from the students. And what we learned was that there are so many sort of gaps um, for different students in different areas, whether that be in how to connect with peers um, and how to have just one-off conversations, or how to have healthy relationships um, and maybe how to even break up with a friend um, when the friend is no longer being somebody who is supporting you in what your goals are. Also, we learned a lot about students not really having experience in dating, but wanting to and wanting to have intimate partner relationships, but not really knowing how to go about doing so. What we've also learned is that students are at really different places with boundaries. And that looks really different based on um, where students are coming from culturally, but also with their experience and sort of knowing what those different boundaries can look like even. Um, and so being able to role play out a difficult conversation with their peers in a safe environment to say, I would never say that or okay, maybe I could use this language with my family or maybe I could use it with my friends. Um, we also talk about roommates and how, you know, sharing a space creates a different dynamic, whether you've been friends with that person or not in the past and how, you know, that's a shift in a dynamic. Uh, so we address a lot of different things, but it really stemmed from originally the students saying, that this is what they needed. And we're really having um, some great dialogues in that class. I love that um, the topic seemed to be so timely. You shared so many that were really interesting, but are there topics that the students are gravitating to uh, most often? Yeah, it's interesting. I always am surprised by the fact that they want to talk about how to have difficult conversations. That sort of seems to be the one that um, we spend a couple classes on, just sort of how to have difficult conversations and most often actually with family members. Students seem to really get a lot out of those classes. And so we, we come up with 
toolkits around it. Um, we use some acronyms like Dear Man, um, which is a DBT skill set, um, and we role play. Uh, and we come up with real scenarios that either have come up in past classes and we keep students anonymous, or we ask students to share if they're comfortable um, and role play out what this might look like. And so it really, the content comes from the class, excuse me, from the students, but with built in skill sets and toolkits that are coming um, sort of from the experts, if you will. Um, and built into the content. Great, and my last question is, how has the class or content changed during COVID? Yeah, so, I mean, I think the biggest change I've seen is just the shift on a real need to have these conversations. Um, I've, I think more so now than ever, students feel this isolation. And that's true whether or not they're living at home, whether or not they're at school. There's, there's just this environment where we're not allowed to interact the same way we used to. Um, and so I think these conversations become even more important to have. And at the same time, I think students some students feel that, you know, maybe things haven't shifted that much, but they're glad that these conversations are now being had by students that maybe weren't having them before. So I think it's just really been eye-opening that it seems like all students are willing to engage in these conversations, even if um, students are feeling like I was here before and not that much has changed. Um, but I think all students can see the benefit of it now. Well, thank you. And um, if people want to learn more about what you're doing, um, Chelsea, how can they get that information? Yeah, so they can contact me directly. Um, my email is clcobb, cobb is spelled C-O-B-B at bu.edu. Um, and I am happy to answer any questions or give out any information about the activities that are free and online um, that the peer mentor interns run. We also have an open enrollment healthy relationship class that we run online as well. So I would welcome anyone to join that. Well, thank you so very much for being on Health Matters. Thank you so much, Karen.